Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss why regression can be healthy. Note, so this is something that I hear, uh, an issue that is brought up, a concern from clients that I've heard, you know, as for long as I've uh, even been in training as a therapist, is people get upset when they get off track in their progression towards what they thought was psychological health. So let's say somebody... Um, you know, wants to watch less TV and actually watching TV is a way they manage stress. So if they watch less TV, then that's an indication that they're managing stress better in the ways that we would talk about in therapy. But then they spend last Saturday watching Netflix all day and eating a half gallon of Haagen-Dazs. You know, oh, I was doing so well with my diet, uh, but I fell off track. I was doing really well making money, but this past month I lost some or yeah, I was doing a really great job connecting with my family or connecting with friends, but I spent the past weekend, you know, isolating in my cave that I call my apartment, right? Um, and a lot of people think that this means they're off track, that something must be wrong with them, when in fact maybe nothing's wrong with them. And, and regression could actually be a sign of health, a sign you're going in the right direction. It all depends on how we manage it and how we look at it. And specifically maybe how we talk about it which we'll get to in this video so I guess the first thing to bring up is what is regression even and I would just define it as a psychological relapse like there's a relapse in uh, you know drug addiction and, and alcohol treatment and a very clear relapse there is somebody who wants to abstain from alcohol they go out and they drink they had a relapse same thing with drugs same thing with any kind of addiction you know porn addiction now you can have a relapse with porn addiction uh, so it's more clear there but I would say regression is any kind of psychological relapse like that you know we don't have to be an, uh, an addict um, a defined addict I, I disagree with the definition or the very hard black and white definition of addict but I do think that's a useful term but we don't have to be an addict we don't have to be in recovery for drugs to relapse and it's what happens when a stress that we have not dealt with that we thought maybe we have dealt with has caught up to us. And the only way to perceptively manage it in that moment, given our present state of emotional awareness, i.e. psychological health, is to relapse. So if you wanna you know, stick to a diet, um, you can do that. But the problem is, right, what do we always say here? People don't have uh, problems that appear in their, well, no, people do have problems that appear in their life, but that's not the problem, right? You don't have relationship problems, you don't have money problems, you don't have weight problems, right? These are how, this is how your psychology manifests in these different areas. So if you relapse on a diet, that's really just a sign up. There, there's still some stress there that you have um, yet to manage. And I don't, I was trying to think of two really good examples uh, from when I worked in, in you know, the rehab uh, field industry, I don't know if you want to call it that, um, like sober living houses. I, I worked in an outpatient clinic. And I was trying to think of an example of, of two guys who I met who personified this wall. I couldn't. So well, I'll just come up with an example, uh, uh, an amalgamation of several, uh, of several examples into one personification. And the two different people who I would meet is, we'll just call them, I don't know, like Mike and Steve. Now Mike would come in to the rehab clinic, let's say it was an outpatient clinic, and, and I was talking with him and we were going through his issues and he had this attitude of, yes, I get it. 
Oh, Mark, thank you. Oh, you're so right. This is such great information. Yeah, I'm really ready to get sober now. Let's do it. And then the next week he's supposed to come in and what? He ends up dead, if not that week or most likely dead. Then the second guy, uh, was that Steve? I'm like, well, just call him the second guy. I think it was Steve. Uh, he comes in. And he's talking with me and we're going through issues. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. And he has kind of this, aw shucks, a subtle hint of poor me, you know, pity me kind of. And you're thinking, man, this guy just doesn't have the right attitude. And he's just not going to do as well as the other guy who, you know, really seemed to get it. Um, but of course, the second guy comes in next week and, you know, he's probably seven minutes late and he's dragging his feet and he doesn't look that good. Uh, and, he, and he may have even relapsed uh, since you saw him last, but he's there. And you kind of get this, this distrust in the field when you work in it long enough, this, this distrust when you work long enough in the therapy field of linear growth. If some guy is on a path of linear growth for too long, either he's lying or He's unconsciously lying, which is, yes, he is growing and he's not lying perceptively, but there are issues they're building, and I'm kind of just waiting for the relapse, the regression. Is this a negative attitude? No, this is not a negative attitude. This seems like a negative attitude when you're focused on positivity, which is ultimately the most negative thing you could ever do. I mean, right? Nothing's more negative than saying, I have to be positive all the time, otherwise... I'm no good, otherwise I'm not worthy, otherwise what right do I have to exist, which is, in a sense, the implication. I have to lie about what's going on with me in order to fit in with reality and be successful, right? There's no more negative attitude than that. So you kind of begin to distrust this linear, always positive growth, and why is this, right? I mean, I, I kind of hinted at it. Why does regression happen? Um, why can't it be healthy? Right? Again, we'll get to how to manage it in a healthy way, but we have to look at first what happens, and it you know it just goes to back to something that we always talk about here, is the existence of the unconscious, the existence of unconscious issues in your life, in all of our lives. Now, I don't have to come up with some uh, crazy mathematical algorithm proof for the existence of the unconscious. All I got to say is, have you ever been in a situation where you wanted to do one thing and... You couldn't do it or you didn't do it. Let's say you know you knew you had to study for a test that was really important and you didn't really study. You kind of procrastinated. You found yourself lost on YouTube. Well, that's interesting. How is YouTube more interesting than this test that you're supposedly, you know, your conscious self is saying this is really important? Well, clearly, by definition, by the nature of that situation, there is an unconscious issue. I don't know, like people, like a therapist or depth psychologist, they get in their heads trying to defend the existence of the unconscious to more cognitive psychologists. And it's just like, no, it's a very simple uh, story of how we all deal with this thing called an unconscious, right? However you define that, you know, call whatever you want, but clearly there's unconscious issues. Or, you know, uh, conversely, you want to stop doing something, but you can't stop doing it, right? If there was no unconscious, if we didn't have unconscious issues, then there would, what would be the point of, of something like rehab? And maybe somebody would say, well, yeah, rehab totally misses the point, and uh, I don't know. Uh, but, okay, that, that's that, that's uh, more tangential. But there would be no point to, to rehab or the therapy industry. You would just always do what you wanted to do, and there would be no internal conflicts in life. Right? And clearly that's not the case. So clearly there's an unconscious, and regression is 
in a sense, these these issues, these unconscious issues that kind of, um, you know, you know, just just reach up from the deep. And that's really great symbolism for this is, is you're swimming in an ocean, you know, in, in water, in very deep water, of course, water uh, in, in symbolism is symbolic of the unconscious and you're swimming up and you're about to reach the top. You really need to gasp for air. You're about to take that gasp of, of air, breath, and then something from the uh, from the deep reaches up and pulls you down like some kind of swamp monster. You know, what was the movie I always watched when I was a kid? <laughs> like a swamp monster? Huh. Creature from, from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, some creature from the Black Lagoon, you know, just reaches up and pulls you in. And, you know, that's always going to be a part of our stories because that's how it feels. Right? That's how it feels when we're progressing and we're about to reach a certain stage. But, like, something, you know, something pulls us back down. Um, you know, a great analogy example. No more of an analogy that my professor used when I was in grad school. My Jungian professor. A uh, great guy. An analogy that he used is you're uh, growing an orchid. Yeah, a notoriously difficult a flower to grow you know there's all these different specifications and you're doing it right you're getting it ready for this orchid competition and on the night before you get some kind of sick pleasure or satisfaction out of just stepping on that orchid yeah you wouldn't just cut it you wouldn't just cut the orchid in half cut it at its stem that's too quick, right? It has to be this slow, painful, so you crush it slowly. You crush it slowly with your hand, or you have a few beers beforehand, and you're just like, I just want to just screw. I just want to screw with this thing, you know? I want, I want to just sabotage my success. Ultimately, what we're talking about here is, is self-sabotage. That's another way of saying it. And this is how regression happens. And you're like, man, you're, you know, you're being pulled back down by the creature from the Black Lagoon. You're, you're crushing, crushing this orchid mere hours before the great orchid uh, competition. Man, how could you say that's a healthy thing? Well, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, I mean, I, mean, I think it ultimately is healthy, but we don't have to call it healthy. It just is. It happens. It's going to happen. I know that because you have an unconscious and there's probably issues there. If you're interested in therapy, if you're interested in looking into therapy, not for sure, but there's probably issues there that you don't know how to manage. And for whatever reason, it's too painful, you know, the, the, the neurological load of looking at those painful emotions, uh, that painful awareness, you know, it's too much for you to take. You know, like, a, like I always say, like a 300 pound squat, um, if, if that's too heavy for you, is it really too heavy for you? No, it's just too heavy for you given what your neurology is capable of handling. And again, it's a great analogy because it's less of an analogy and more of an exact comparison because physiologically what happens when you, when you get a psychic pain versus a physical pain, like squatting a lot of weight, it's the same thing. You know, you, uh, check another uh, plus one for uh, monism, for anti the mind-body dichotomy. So that's, um, so that's regression. So I guess the issue is how do you deal with regression? How do you make sure that if, when you do experience regression, because you will, how do you deal with it in a healthy way or a way that ensures that uh, you're going to continue to grow? Well, the one way I think is just to, I, I don't know if that's the right word to say accept, but just expect that it's going to happen. 
expect that regression is going to happen and in fact even build it into your growth so you know like with alcoholism or, or drug addiction or you know any other kind of uh, like video game addiction like i haven't looked into the research on that but i'm sure it's uh, somewhat similar is that you know people rarely um get better all at once you know you know there's at least seven or eight relapses like in drug addiction for for instance, I think it depends on the kind of drug. But I think for alcoholism, it's an average of seven or eight relapses after you initially make the commitment uh, to, to go to treatment. And so what happens when you're working in an outpatient facility, for instance, and somebody comes in and they had a relapse? I mean, right from my perspective, right, going back to the Mike versus Steve, <laughs> which one was which, but going back to that story or that example, I mean, if when Mike comes back in, even after having relapsed um, and even though he's seven minutes late it's like great you're back in you know that relapse is going to happen so it's good that we got through it and it's good that you're back here let's figure out how to make the next one happen as quickly as possible and what to do right how to mitigate any uh, potential downside you know like killing yourself when the next relapse does happen I just expect it because that's who you are not because you're a bad person, but you have these unconscious issues that you haven't dealt with what that you haven't dealt with yet, you know, and join the club, right? <clears throat> it's it's the everybody club. So that's one way, right? Just, just to accept it, to build it into your routine. I know a lot of you guys um, aren't, uh, probably don't have drug addictions or anything, but so if you have an issue with junk food, right? Build the junk food into your routine and say, I'm, I'm gonna set aside a certain amount of the week where I'm just going to eat junk food or watch TV. I'm just going to watch three hours of TV on one day or maybe I'm going to spread it out. Uh, so, I'm, you know, I'm going to be watching less TV, but I'm still going to watch television. Um, you know, this is going to take some calibration and some iteration. You're not going to get it at first, but it's more about working, you know, the, the, developing the psychological muscle that allows you to work with your routine, to work with your schedule, right? Are you changing your routine? Are you changing your ritual? Yes, but again, these are all just manifestations of, of psychological issues or lack thereof. And this is why I think churches, oh yeah, we have a Notre Dame up here, not a Catholic, but I just think that's a great psychological symbolism. And this is why I think a, a healthy, I think there are a lot of healthy aspects of church. Of going to any kind of church, of being part of any religion, again, it's all in your relationship with it. But I think one healthy aspect of church is, you know, you're just going into this large woman, right? Where it's, it's Notre Dame, it's Our Lady. I, I mean, that that is what was something I also talk about in Battle from Deliverance from the Mother. You know, you're fighting to separate from your mother, and it's painful. And people get dismayed when they go back into the mother, you know, by doing the cozy oxytocin thing of talking with your mother or gabbing with her or complaining with her, you know, that's fine. You're going back into the mother. You're going into the psychological church. I think, you know, going to an actual church is, is a more healthy representation of that or a more healthy way to regress in, in that pro-oxytocin uh, way. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm just saying that that's as healthy to just build in your routine. Like going, right, it's like... Uh, yeah, it's our woman. It's that feminine nurturing energy. It's like going into a really large, comforting woman. Like, <laughs> like when a large black woman calls you sweetie, and it just 
melts your heart, right? Like you don't you don't have to drink that day because it's just like, oh, that feels so good when a large black woman calls me sweetie or honey or whatever it is they do in the way that they do. That's what going to church is. It's just like giving you that, right? Like, like I'm not Catholic, but I've gone to Catholic mass. And, and what do you do partway through? I don't know what, I don't think it's part of the mass, but you go up to everybody and say, hey, peace be with you. Hello, peace be with you, right? That's just a very nourishing thing. And in a way, yes, it's a, it's a distraction from the, the harshness of reality. But, but it's this thing that you built in. So that's the first way to deal with regression, right? Is just put it into your routine. Um, expect that it's going to happen. Um, and and, this, and we'll, we'll get to it, but this really just takes the pressure out of it. You know, like, you know, I'm just going to eat my Skittles, and I know it's not the right thing to do, the right thing to do, but this is what I need to do to grow, as long as it's not hurting me too bad, you know. If it, if it hurts me too bad, then that's, that's why you go to rehab, right? That, that's the point of rehab. Then it's um, inpatient, and you, you can't leave because... You, your regression may lead to you killing yourself. Where Skittles, maybe not the healthiest thing, but it's not going to kill you. And the other way to deal with regression, I think, and ultimately the best way, that makes the first way a lot more seamless, is um, to just manage the regression. I mean, that's not they, but to talk through it, to actually talk through the regression. I mean, first, the thing you got to do that a lot of people mess up, and it's understandable, especially, you know, guys going through their serious young man phase, getting into mindset training and discipline, and Jocko Willink, you know, stay hard, dude, you, discipline is freedom, um, which, you know, that's all true, and I think Jocko Willink's a sweet guy, um, you know, I, I would like to hang out with him, I mean, it sounds awesome, uh, but he doesn't know that much about psychology, but sometimes he talks like he does. Um, he, he is talking about what works for him, or no, not what works for him. He's talking about what has perceived to work for him. But I think there's other things at play there that he doesn't talk about because he doesn't understand psychology that well. You know, like I, I'm not going to start a, a podcast about jujitsu, right? I think that's something Jocko should do, not, not so much me. And um, I, I don't, you know, that, I, that's all I mean to to talk about uh, Jocko. So the first thing you got to do is, is when you do regress, you got to be honest about it. You got to go to somebody and you got to talk about it. I, again, you know, it doesn't matter how many clients I see, doesn't matter how many hours of, of therapy that I rack up, it, it never ceases. I, I say that sincerely. It never ceases to amaze me how just talking through the facts of your life, being honest about something, being honest about something, especially something you haven't talked about with anybody yet. And no, not standing in a crowd and sh shouting your abortions, lady. That's not the same thing as sitting down with somebody, seeing their face and talking through something and just stating the fact. So many guys, when they regress and they eat all their Skittles or you know watch three hours of Netflix, they go, ooh, that's, that was wrong. I should not have done that, right? I should not have done that. There's a great operative word for you there. I should not have done that. That was wrong. Okay, next Saturday comes around, I'm just not going to do that, right? I'm, I'm just going to wake up and stay on track and, and make sure I get enough omega-3s and take my theanine and, and uh, mag magnesium, you know, which all helps, which all helps, but that's not fundamentally what you need to work on there. The first thing you got to do is just state the fact, right? Like, I know I brought this up before, but the rule... <laughs> rule uh, I have with my wife about um, buying things. I don't care what she buys. Uh, I don't care, you know, whatever it is, however stupid I think it is, 
there is never an argument about it. The only rule is you just got to be honest about how much it was. You just got to say it out loud, right? No judgment. Well, you know, maybe some little judgment. About, you know, I try to like keep it down. No judgment, haha, but, you know, but, but really just, just say the words, right? Because that cha- it totally changes. Do you know the price of that sweater before you say the words? Yeah, of course you know it, but do you really know it? Do you get it on a deeper emotional level? Do you get more awareness, you know, and you more um, like light trepanation, you know, just more light shining in on this dark thing. It helps you see it better. And the more you talk about it, the more clarity you get around it, um, the more, you know, tension you can, uh, you, you can ease up around it. So, yeah, so, yeah, talk about... Um, Talk about the regression, and that's ultimately when you're going to overcome whatever the regression is that I've seen. Overcome it in a predictable way. You know, whatever your vice is that you want to cut out, you're you're really not going to overcome it until you can do it and then talk about it without any judgment, with simply saying this, you know, I watched Netflix for five hours on Sunday. It's neither good nor bad. It simply happened. I'm neither good nor bad. It's the result of my psychological issue. And then you got to understand those issues, of course. But it's a result of, of I was not handling stress well. Right? And I didn't know I wasn't handling stress well. I tuned out, in a sense, from whatever the problem is that I, I uh, really shouldn't tune out from if I want to you know, continue on this growth for, of psychological health. And my way of compensating for that was to watch Netflix for five hours. And you, you could just say that, right? Like have the same perspective on yourself that you would have talking about a, a good friend. You, you wouldn't be that self-critical of your friend. You're like, yeah, dude, you know, it's fine. You're, you're, you're working on these issues that kind of built up. This one issue got away from you. And then you watched, you know, you, you binge watched this show. You know, it happened. It's all right. Right? Until you can bring, bring that level of ease to your own issue and, and your own, um, your own uh, way of, of acting out or compensating for stressful behavior, then you're probably not going to really get rid of it. You know, you can watch all the Jocko videos in the, in the world and it's really not going to help. Um, and, you know, and really this comes down to that issue of acceptance. Like you really got to accept what's going on. And I know people mean that in the negative sense, like, oh, you just got to accept yourself for whoever you are. Like accept the fact that you watch TV for five hours a day. It's like, yeah, accept that, but accept it for the purpose of growing and moving on because you're not going to grow and move on until you can really accept it and just say it, say these painful things about your life, talk about it and be able to breathe and exhale through it. Um, but that's what we can help you with here. I mean, I really think the way to get the tension out of this regression so you can move on, so you can ultimately stop doing it. And you're not, you know, like the, there's a term in rehab and, and drug addiction and, and alcoholism treatment of, of white knuckling it. Like, yeah, you can probably get through the, the weekend of not watching Netflix by white knuckling it, but can actually get through the weekend of not watching Netflix and forget that you even had the problem with Netflix in the first place to really get to that place you got to talk through the regression why it happens you know why you had that stress built up in the first place not only that but why the buildup of stress was mostly unconscious probably because there are patterns in your behavior maybe not 
external behavior. Everybody's trying to look at patterns in your external behavior, though there are some there, but I think fundamentally there's patterns in how we relate with ourselves, how we relate with our unconscious, with our dysregulated emotion, or really how we don't relate with it very well, which causes stretch, stress, which causes the, the Netflix uh, binge, and that is what yeah, we can help you with here. I mean, maybe to get started, I have a book, animusempire.com slash book. There, it'll give you a link to the Amazon. There's a hard copy Kindle. And also we do free consultations. If you're not sure uh, whether therapy is right for you or whether the kind of therapy that I do is right for you, you know, you don't have to be sure. That's why we do free consultations. Just reach out, animusempire.com slash schedule. Thank you, guys. Um, and remember... When you do things that seem like they're emotionally unhealthy, they may in fact be uh, your springboard. Yeah, those actions, that regression may in fact be your springboard into emotional health.